Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-941-2089 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-941-2089 for your free quote. That's 800-941-2089. Convict. Young Jesus, trying to take it easy. Only way to go, and so. But if you're looking for me, I'll be on the block. I'm a thing, possibly sitting on a trap. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Monday, July 25th. I'm Donald Ware. We launched the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on today. We're doing something a little bit different than what we've done in years past. We've got a video component to it as well as the audio component. And up first on this year's HBCU Football Daily Podcast is the head football coach at South Carolina State, the defending HBCU National Champions. And uh, Buddy Pugh in his... See, I don't want to date you, Coach. What, what, 22nd yeah. season? 22nd season. I think it's just 20. I think I started here in 2002, and 22 from 2 is 20. Okay. Like that. I don't know. Listen, at this point right now, I've been around here a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the bottom line. You know, appreciate you coming on the show. We've been doing this, well, thank you. what, 17 years since Box to Row came on the air. Um yeah. You know, man, I, I got to see a little bit of I, – I was at uh, the banquet, your banquet back in April, the uh-huh. latter part of April. Man, you uh-huh. you were having a lot of fun. I got to see a little bit of a different side of you were having a lot of fun there. I did. I enjoyed myself. And it was just a lot of fun in, in, in particular, Don, just you know, seeing our guys be rewarded for all of the nice things they've done and all the nice things that we got, the, the rings and the, you know, the suits and the – all kinds of stuff that we got for the uh, uh, celebration bowl victory. So it was a lot of fun. I can tell you that, uh, you know, I fought that celebration bowl hard, you know, at the beginning. And, you know, now I think I see the air of my way. So I'm excited about what we, you know, have out here in front of us. And hopefully we can get back again. So that's the big goal right now. We don't have to worry about, you know, what our goals are. You know, we want to get back to Atlanta in 2022. It's interesting you mentioned that was going back to 2011 when this celebration bowl idea, I think at that time, I forget what they were trying to call it, uh, yeah. was big. But you weren't wrong. I mean, you had a, you had a really good team. Bethune-Cookman was really good. There were some uh-huh. teams that really could compete on the national level in the MIAC. Oh, you're exactly right. We had teams deep down in our conference also that were, you know, worthy of uh, – of, of going and playing pretty much against anybody. So 
we had lost to uh, Appalachian a time or two up close, you know, in games at the, uh, you know, at their place in the playoffs. And I just felt like we were that close to being able to get over the hump and win in that regard. But at the same time, you know, eventually common sense took over. The fact that we weren't making any money, regardless how big a, how big a crowds you had there. And it's so hard, Donald, it's so hard to gather a fan base at this level and simply take off at a moment's notice to go play someplace, you know, in the playoffs the way you have to do. You know, when they set those brackets up in basketball, you know, you go off and you play, you know, in wherever the sites are. You know, when we go off and play at Appalachian or at a Georgia Southern or uh, some of those places, and if you actually should happen to win, then you got to figure out where you're going again the following week. That's just not us. So, you know, I like the idea of being able to prepare you know, for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, you know, for where you're going. And then to make that one big culminating kind of affair at that point, then you're going about the task of, you know, of setting your sights on where you're going and that kind of stuff. And I tell you, you know, our, our fan base had a ball, you know, in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, I think also that we'll continue to go. I think I saw NT folk there. I think I saw Central folk and Alcorn. You know, they weren't there, but because they had been and had good, you know, experiences in the previous years, you know, they continue to want to come back. So, you know, I think we got something there. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we can continue to build it, you know, in a way where, you know, it's something great for years and years to come. You mentioned the fan base, and I can think back to 2009. I came down. You played Florida A&M, hosted Florida A&M. I think uh-huh. it, they had Curtis Pulley. And I, I think you were uh-huh. underdogs in that game. What a game. You, you you wiped them off the field. But the thing about it, to me, what what struck me was the the ambiance. It, it, to me, it was uh-huh. one of the better college football experiences that I had had. You had the mascot there. The stadium uh-huh. was packed. That uh-huh. hasn't been the case, however, the last couple of years. Do you think that win in the Celebration Bowl will help to rejuvenate your fan base in terms of coming to Bulldog Stadium? Let's, let's, I sure do hope so, Don. We've been a little bit uh, under the weather from the pandemic of sorts. Uh, we just hadn't had the size number of crowds. And people in general, just still, they're just still being careful about getting out and, and, and mixing it up the way you know, that some other fan bases tend to seem to be able to do. So I'm hoping that this game kind of starts the, uh, I guess, renewal of sorts of the good crowds that we had back when we were really drawing well back in the, you know, mid-2015, uh, uh, 2012s, back in that number, in that neighborhood. But I'm going to tell you, you know, we don't quite still know exactly what we'll be here now in another year too. I keep hearing about other strains and other, you know, possible outbreaks of, of this virus deal. So you still got to kind of be cautious in a certain way. So, you know, I don't know yet, but let's hope that we get most of it by us and we'll be able to kind of cut loose and really get back to, to, to normal. Take us through sort of, you know, what's, what the off season, what, what spring ball, uh, was sort of like it, whether you lost any of your mm-hmm. games. Seemed like everybody should have been coming back, but you never know these days. Uh, but let's take us through spring ball and do the majority of, it, it, particularly your star players, come back. Right, we had um, most of our guys back on this football team in general, and uh, uh, 
uh, on our offensive side of the ball, we bring back Corey and Big Shaq, you know, the big wide receiver who had the nice game. Kendra Flowers, our running back. And we bring back our entire offensive line. So so we should be in pretty good shape there. And then on defense, uh, those two defensive ends, uh, God Bold and, and Jablonski Green are back. B.J. Davis is back. Um, you know, our secondary is a little bit depleted, but Jalen Evans and, and Jalen Bart, some of those guys are back in the in the secondary. So we've mostly, you know, bring this team back for 2022. And, uh, you know, and our kicking game is in pretty good shape. So, you know, that part's all good. Uh, the best part of our spring was the was the turnout we had for our spring game. We had probably the largest crowd. Now, we don't charge for the spring game. So, you know, we don't necessarily make, you know, in a real dust out of the game, but we had the largest turnout for our spring game of any spring game we've had in a long, long time. It was a really festival fair. We had, you know, food trucks and bounce houses and all kinds of stuff around that, you know, around our tailgating area. So our fans did come out in, in large numbers and had, you know, a wonderful weekend that way. But, you know, it's now back to the point where, you know, we're going to see what happens in this coming fall because we got to see if we can continue to build on what we had this past uh, uh, celebration bowl season on through the spring now, you know, into the actual fall season. So it'll be interesting to see exactly where we are in the, in, in the whole scheme of things because I think we might be ready to really bust out and go again. But at the same time, we do need a break from, you know, from any of the other strains of uh, uh, numbers uh, the 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 B C strand of this deal, you know, in a way where we don't necessarily have, you know, that come come out and knock us backwards again. You know, it's interesting. I look at where the program is now, and you, even if you go back to the the, um, you know, the uh, see, we had twenty one, even the nineteen season, it was a, uh -huh. was a shared championship uh, uh -huh. in, in the MIAC. But now you were you were set to retire. I think either that year, the year before that. Yeah. So uh -huh. what 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 changed in terms of uh, of you coming back? And I I know you you're having the time of your life right now. You know what, Don? I don't know. Um, we talked about it, and uh, it was a circumstance where it didn't have the the, the right kind of feel for going home and uh, and just sitting on my fanny. You know, for the rest of my life that way, um, we had, uh, 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 I guess, maybe a little bit of a of a uncertainty dealing with the virus and and not necessarily wanting to do a coaching search and and having a changeover doing you know those uncertain times. So, you know, they felt like they were on pretty stable grounds. If I could keep them, if I could keep working, so they just felt like maybe let's see if we could go another year or two until we got through this thing. Uh, we got into it and it started to really turn to the, you know, to the good for, you know, the kinds of year that we had. So we just kind of said at that point, we just kind of said at that point, let's see if we can make it, keep it going. So I don't necessarily have a reason to go home. You know, I'm hoping to kind of, you know, coach for at least another year. Um, but if it comes to a point where I start to feel like, you know, that I'm, I'm home with back in any way, you know, I'll get out of it in a heartbeat. Was that something you felt going back those three or four years ago? That you did you feel like? Not that? really. Um, you know, it was just that if you know when you start getting to the point where you were, you know, age wise, you start saying, you know what, you know, I might ought to be thinking about letting somebody else have it. But it, it was a situation where the university didn't feel quite comfortable at that point having to change. You know, this is a big football at South Carolina State is such an important item 
until they didn't necessarily want to take an opportunity, you know, to make a change, you know, at a time when there were so many other uncertain kinds of aspects of the program, you know, of the university as a whole going on. So, you know, the, the one really good thing that was going on at this point, you know, was something that they just felt like they wanted to kind of keep in place for a while. Buddy Pugh, of course, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Coach Pugh, where do you, I don't know if you can rank teams, right? All the teams you've coached now, the 20 or so teams, 20 plus years you've coached. Where is the 2021 team? Because, you know, as you know, and everybody knows, going into that game against Jackson State, you had absolutely no shot. You know, mm-hmm. the MEAC was was getting ready to fold and all of those things. And, I mean, you guys came out and really did well, but you had a, 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 a solid season. So where do you rank that team amongst your teams? I rank it as one of our best. Um, record-wise, it was not nearly, you know, what some of the other teams have been over the years. Uh, we went in there six and five. Heck, we had to fight our butts off just to go ahead and, have a winning record at the very end because we go into Norfolk five and five. We lose that game. We'd already clinched the berth into the celebration bowl, but at the same time, we had a chance to go in there five and six. And that was just something that we really desperately did not want to do. We wanted to give, you know, a sense of being, you know, a belonging. <laughs> you didn't want to go in there with Jackson with all the momentum they had, you know, with a six, with a five and six team. So we fought our butts off, and I can tell you that that was one of the better game game plans. I was really proud of our offense in that game because they carried us in that game, and that's not so usual, you know, in a South Carolina State football kind of situation. It's generally the defense that's carrying us. Our offense did a great job of maintaining the football and driving the football and scoring in the second half. It was one of those flip-flop games. We were were behind, we were ahead. You know, we were behind, we were ahead. You know, it was kind of that kind of game. So, you know, it was an exciting game that way, and it was a, you know, game for all the marbles in our league. So I can tell you that I was feeling about as good about this football team. I was just proud of this group of young men. And they had gone through what we had gone through. You know, we started the year off. You know, we went down and played Alabama A&M in uh, normal Alabama. It was one of those kind of games where, you know, we could have easily won the game and we – we managed to not win the football game. We lost by a point or two. Then we go to play Clemson. And then we go to play New Mexico State. You know, we had a tough start of the season that way. And then we go, we, we, we won in three. I think we finally you know, won a game or two. And then we go to FAMU. And they just beat the starch out of us down there. So, you know, we won in four at that point, you know, on our way back home trying to, uh, you know, figure out if we – you know, got a chance to have any success at all. And these guys take off and really play well. We win at Delaware. We win at Central. You know, it's tough football games everywhere. We went against the toughest three teams in our league on the road. Uh, we beat uh, Howard and and, uh, and Morgan at home, but we had to beat Central, Delaware, and Norfolk on the road. Who, who were the next uh, two, three, and four teams in our league that year. So I can tell you that I was as proud of that team that way for as many different reasons, but the main reason was because they fought through as much adversity as any team, and then they played about as well as anybody did in that game in preparation for the Celebration Bowl. They did about as good as anybody could do in that game. Do you have, you know, concerns in terms of where the MEAC is 
you know, right now in the future uh, of the MEAC? I do. Uh, I don't know exactly where we're headed, but now, Donald, there are so many leagues out there now that's kind of in turmoil. Uh, the uh, A-Sun and the Big South, you know, those leagues now, you know, have started to kind of work together to try to, you know, be able to have schedules. Uh, the uh, um, uh, Southern Conference seems to be about as strong as anybody over this way, but they seem to not necessarily need to add anybody up. So, you know, they don't seem to be able to help in a way where, you know, that can be of any real advantage to us. The one good thing about, you know, where we stand, those of us that are here in the uh, in the MEAC still, is that we don't necessarily have a hard time finding teams to want to play us. So we might not necessarily have enough teams in our conference, but we've got enough teams right in our back doors that are really – close by us that we can find games in a, you know, in a pretty regular manner that way. So we don't necessarily have to worry about a schedule and we've got good rivalries that still, you know, are available to us here, you know, right close by. So, you know, we still got ENT, even though we don't necessarily feel that like we're in the same league anymore. We still, we close up to FAMU and Bethune, you know, those guys in great shape. And then the whole entire Southern Conference places. So we can play the Citadel. We can play Waffle. We can play firmly. You know, we got all those guys. We got the big South schools, Charleston Southern, you know, Gardner Webb, you know, all up right, right next. So I can take a trip to all of those places in one day. So the fact that there are enough schools here available to play us, you know, it makes it really a lot easier for us to have, you know, some flexibility to play all the different schools, you know, here close by. I think it's, I think it's really exciting for our fans to bring – you know, a Gardner Webb in here maybe once every so often to bring Furman in here every so once so often. You know, some of that kind of stuff. So, I think it works for us in a way that we can also play. You know, some of the guarantee games that we can, you know, kind of fit into our schedule. In a way, in our schedule, once upon a time we had so many conference games until the back part of your schedule was always blocked off. Well, now we've got some space back in there that we can fit a, you know, a big time team that might want to play us you know, that week before that rivalry game, and then we can make a big check that way sometimes. So it's a lot of different opportunities that become available to you when you got the flexibility of scheduling the way you do. If we can just kind of keep our league together enough where we are viable enough that we can go in and play well in the celebration mode, you know, it's, we can play well in the challenge game that's coming fall. I'm rooting for Howard against Alabama State. You know, this, kind of, this coming, you know, uh, 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 was that September, the 1st of September, yeah. somewhere in there, yeah. this coming yeah. September. You know, that kind of stuff is the kind of stuff that makes us still, you know, viable in a way that people still respect us and know that we still play pretty good ball in this league. No doubt. Then you look at the competitiveness of the league. Yourself, Norfolk State, Delaware State, uh, exactly. Central were right there. Exactly. Uh, you know, Howard's going to be better than Morgan State's got Damon right. Wilson. Looks like it's going to be a good league, good, good competition this year. I'm excited as I can be about all the coaches. I'm the old doggone guy, the old fart in the league right now. You know, everybody else is hiring. You know, these great young, you know, dynamic football coaches. You know, I think Trey, you know, at um, you know at Central, you know, is doing a fantastic job. You know, he ended up having a winning season last year. Uh, uh, Dawson up at Norfolk. You know, uh, Merrill. Uh, 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 at uh, at at uh, Delaware State is doing a fantastic job, and uh, uh, what's the guy's name? 
and uh, oh, at Damon that. at Damon uh, Wilson mm-hmm. at uh, at Norfolk. I mean at uh, Morgan mm-hmm. is going to be uh, you know I think uh, you know a, a a a big thorn in all our sides. You know here you know in the coming years. So you know it will be a fun time. You know to see what these schools you know can do against each other. And then last but not least at uh, at Howard. Uh, you know, those guys are doing a fantastic job there. And all those guys, you know, that staff are, you know, uh, power five guys, you know, from, you know, from way back. So you better betcha you, you got your, your work cut out for you. Two last thoughts. You mentioned some guys that were coming back. Who are some of the guys, maybe newcomers, whether they're transfers, whether they're, yeah. you know, uh, 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 recruited guys that you, you think are going to help you this year? You know what? Uh, uh, we've got the Ellison kid. He's a wide receiver, big old tall kind of guy. Uh, we think might be, you know, a decent player. Uh, Tyler Smith, the running back from Gaffney. Uh, a Dutch Falk is the big name in this state, and uh, you know they go off. They go over and play, you know, all the national kind of games where Gaffney beat them this past year in the uh, state championship game, and 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 Gaffney's. Uh, best player, uh, Tyler Smith, is a is a running back that really played well for them. That we think that we've gotten out of there that we think could be, you know, p- pretty good. And then, uh, you know, I'm hoping that that uh, you know that our defensive front, uh, you know, will come along and play really well. Our inside guys, you know, should be, you know, I'm I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, which one of those guys. But you know, I, I talked about Godbolt and uh, and Jablonski, mm-hmm. but uh, Octavius Minton and uh, and uh, 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 Brandon Tucker, both those guys, you know, a, a, a fantastic young defensive front guy. So I don't know, you know, I think we got enough bodies around to be uh, about as decent uh, depth-wise as we've been in a long time. So hopefully, we can keep all of them healthy through the spring. Keep them all healthy through the through, through the preseason practice into fall camp, and at that point, you know, on into the season that way. You know what? You don't run from anybody. I look at your schedule: first five games, first four at, yeah. are are on the road. Then mm-hmm. you know you finish off that the five game stretch mm-hmm. with a very good. What's going to be a very good Florida A and M team? You got University mm-hmm. of South Carolina, A and T, uh, Central Florida in that mix. Talk talk about those first five games. That's a, that's a pretty tough stretch. Yeah. Uh, you're exactly right. We go to Florida two weeks in a row. We play um, UCF on a Thursday night uh, before the first Saturday of the season. Um, UCF beat up on Florida in uh, Tampa in the Gasparilla Bowl this past year, and uh, they run about they run around about as well as any football team I've seen in a, in a long, long time. Uh, we come back to to the house and, and practice for a few days and go back to Florida and play Bethune Cooper. And uh uh those swag teams now, you know, you can imagine, you know, how how excited they are and how how juiced they are about when South Carolina State shows up, you know, on their doorstep. So you know, we'll go to Doggo, Daytona Beach looking to try to see if we can come out with our high. <laughs> and then we then we got an open date, which is a good thing because that kind of gives a chance to regroup. A little bit. Then we come up y'all's way, and we talk. We play a t uh, in uh, Greensboro, uh, week four of the season. <laughs> the next week after that, then we go and we play 
Carolina in the SEC, it would be 80,000 Holland's home, you know, in that place. So, you know, we got, we got our chance to, you know, go in there and see if we can hang with, you know, with those kind of guys. Between a and 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 South Carolina, you know, it's almost the same group of guys. And I, I'm I'm starting to call A and T South Carolina North because they <laughs> have so many guys to transfer here in the last so many odd years, you know, from uh uh from Columbia up to up to Greensboro. And then last but not least, then we finish our non-conference schedule with Fam U here. And everybody knows, you know, what kind of team Willis got, you know, returning that dag on big old wide receiver, that McKinnon kid he got down there is a is a beast down there. He hopefully, you know, we can doggone figure a way to get them slowed down a little bit. We play hope we go homecoming, Virginia Lynchburg. I figure everybody gets a little bit of Virginia Lynchburg at some point. And then we get into our conference. We start with Central here, uh, in Orangeburg. And at that point, then we go for the rest of our conference schedule. Let's let, let's hope that we can be alive and kicking by the time we get to Central. Because <laughs> it's a long, long way to go before we get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, South Carolina, I don't, I, you know, the years I've been doing this, South Carolina, South Carolina hasn't been on your schedule much. Am I wrong about that? You know what? We hadn't had them on for about, I guess, maybe six, seven years. Okay. Uh, we played them three or four times in the past also, though. And, uh, you know, it just hadn't worked out. We had them on our schedule, I think, back in our schedule two, three years ago, and uh, because of some of the changes that they had in the in the SEC, we ended up having to move that game uh, uh, for another game for some sort. I, I, I forgot exactly why, but you know what? Uh, we're getting our chance to go back in there now, and uh, you know we'll see if we can get in there and hang. You know, with those guys, they really did play well in the uh, um, Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl game in Charlotte last year against North Carolina, and. Uh, you know, that team was really one of the better football teams. You know, that surprised everybody toward the end of the year last year. In his 21st season as the head coach at South Carolina State, his buddy Pew joining us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. As mentioned, the Bulldogs going to open the season Thursday, September 1st at Central Florida. Coach Pew, appreciate the time, man. We look forward to talking with you uh, during the course of the season. I appreciate you, Don. I look forward to seeing you guys when we come up to Greensboro. Uh, this coming September. So we're off to a strong start on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for the 2022 football season. Don't forget to tell a friend about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Of course, you can listen wherever you find or wherever you get your podcasts, including, of course, on our website at BoxerRow.com and iHeartMedia.com. Also, you can watch the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on the Box to Row YouTube page uh, as well. So don't want you to forget about that. On tomorrow's HBCU Football Daily Podcast, I'm going to give you my top 10 HBCU football teams to start the season. We'll also talk about the HBCU Coaches Poll. Talk with you tomorrow. <laughs>